Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Hey, everybody. This is Lance Rahoff, and I am filling in today for the magnificent Tom Brown. He is taking the day off. I heard that Tom might be out on a huge Pokemon Go hunt looking for the latest Pikachu. And I don't even know if I'm even saying that right, but my 13-year-old son, Will, is in the studio with me today, and I think he's actually already found the Pokemons that are around the building here today at the station. So good to see you, Will. And say hello. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. And so today I'm excited to host the show. It's been a while since we've been on, but I am excited about what we have to talk about today. I have with me uh, Leanne Allman, and we're going to get to Leanne in just a minute and what she does. But both Leanne and I are with an organization called Young Life. It's an international organization to reach every kid for Christ. And um, before we get started on that, just a little bit about my background. I uh, was a financial planner for years and then took the call to go into full-time ministry at 40 years old, back about 10 years ago at Living Streams Church, was the executive pastor at Living Streams Church for five years. And then when I said I would never plant a church, it's the last thing I would ever want to do. I had people saying, don't plant a church. You have a young family. Uh, God just said, I'm going to give you the faith to go out and plant a church. And we started Living Streams Arcadia in the Arcadia area of Phoenix about five years ago. And then a few months ago, my wife Susan and I just heeded the call again to step out of Living Streams Arcadia, let that continue to go as the Lord wanted to lead. And we stepped into this new role with Young Life in the region. And the region is Arizona. We're regional ministry developers, and we're super excited because of what the Lord is doing around this state. It is amazing what God is doing in the lives of the youth and adults around this state. It's like never before. As a matter of fact, I often talk to pastors and youth pastors, lead pastors around our city here in Phoenix, and they say the unity and the community has never been what it's been like as it is right now. It's never been like that. Some have pastored for 40 years around the valley, and they're saying, wow, there's a greater connection, a greater unity, a greater oneness and like-mindedness of what Jesus is doing in this town, a move of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're really excited about is just partnering with God. We get to co-labor with the Lord. Um, as his word tell, uh, says that, you know, we're his building, we're his field, we get to partner, we get to sh- be the light of Christ around the city. And so today we're going to talk specifically about young life, about what the Lord is doing around the state in youth. And uh, just to give you a little background, if you've never heard of Young Life, it's been around since 1940. A man named Jim Rayburn in Gainesville, Texas, was a youth leader. Uh, he got a call from a, a lead pastor to church and said, hey, our youth are not connecting in our main service. We have one, one main service. Our youth really aren't getting connected. You know, the messages are tailored towards adults. They're, and, and Jim, there's a phrase that's been coined with him that says um, that it's a sin to bore the kids with the gospel. And and what that really means is, is if the gospel is relevant to our lives, every stage of our life, and if the youth of today aren't excited in hearing about the good news, which is what the gospel is, good news, it's great news, 
and it's life transforming and it's fun and it's exciting and there's nothing like it. If they're not experiencing that, then um, let's figure out a way to do that. And that's how Young Life got birthed in 1940. In a minute, we're going to be back with Leanne and I'm going to ask her this question. If you could have any superpower, Leanne, what would it be? This is Lance Raha filling in for Tom Brown today on Koinonia. And we're excited here um, to have our guest, a special guest. Um, She is a woman of great faith. She is a woman who is bold. She is a woman who knows how to proclaim the gospel um, very clearly. And she also talks with a really funny accent. And I'm not sure what all that's about because uh, um, so hopefully we'll be able to understand everything she's saying today. No, I'm totally joking, Leanne. I love the way you speak. Um, We just got through asking you this question before the break, which is if you could have any superpower what would it be? Yeah. Well, thanks for that intro and thanks for having me. I feel like I'm supposed to be a superhero after that intro, which I certainly am not. But um, if I had to choose, I would have to say teleporting, if that's a thing. <laughs> like a beam me up Scotty thing, which is clearly giving my age away because it's from the old Star Trek programs, you know, the beam me up Scotty and you just appear somewhere else. Yeah. I love to travel. And if I could just get there without the jet lag and the 25 yeah. hour flight, you know. Right. I do that. Yeah, teleporting is a good one. I like that. Yeah, so yeah, I do that. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um, hey, I have my son Will in the studio as well. He's, uh, Will just wanted to sit in with us today. He's 13 years old. He's still on summer break. Will, superpower? Anything that you'd like? Uh, I'd probably fly. Flying's good. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think flying's good I think too. That is good. Yeah, I, I would say that flying's probably one of my top ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, anyway, um, here's what. Uh, we want to talk about today. Leanne, you're um, with Young Life. You're on the regional staff, which covers the state of Arizona. You also meet with women around the country, I know, because Mm -hmm. you not only are a regional team leader, you have a focus on women in ministry. I do. And so tell us about that. Like, what does that look like? You know, I mean, if I, as a little girl, if I could have dreamed up this job, I think I would have said, sign me up. You know, when I'm in my 40s, that's what I want to be doing. Um, I'm a preacher's kid. Um, and I grew up in South Africa. My dad is British and my mom's South African, but I grew up in South Africa and lived there for the first sort of 30 years of my life. And being a preacher's kid and being in a ministry household my whole life, I, like you, would have probably said, look, never. I'm never going into ministry. It's too crazy. There's crazy people. It, it was never appealing to me. And yet somehow the Lord was just like, okay, this is what I have for you. But I, if, if, if I could have had a focus, if I could have chosen a focus, it would have been this, watching strong women lead 
lead, but not just women lead. What I'm really passionate about is watching men and women lead together. That's, mm-hmm. that's really where I like to spend time focusing on. Uh, I think it's the full, complete picture of how God planned it is strong men and strong women just stepping into what the Lord has called them to do. And so most of my job with Young Life uh, revolves around that, encouraging women to step into leadership if that's what the Lord has called them to do, um, and recruiting women who possibly think that they can't do it or aren't able to do it. Uh, and then just modeling stuff. I mean, just honestly, it's just like every day going, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And then kind of stepping into, okay, I think he's asking me to do this, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I would agree that one of the neat things about just walking with the Lord on a daily basis is that um, we still get to hear from God. Right. Um, we hear through his word, clearly, but we hear through good counsel through other friends who are walking with the Lord, clearly. But the other is that we get to partner with his Holy Spirit and and see that the kingdom of heaven um, being done on earth as it is in heaven, the Lord's prayer, right? right. And so, Lord, what do you have for us today? And to right. be able to actually take the time to say, Lord, I'm willing to even detour my schedule or, you know, um, it's one of the most exciting things that we can do is partnering with the Lord to see the kingdom come now, specifically with your role and how it relates to kids. How does that work? Like all the way down. So you're working with women, raising them up in leadership. How does that ultimately young life is about reaching every kid with the good news of Christ? That's right. And I mean, ultimately, that's what I feel the most passionate about is I want kids to hear the good news. I want them to hear the story of hope. Um, and so that looks on, on different days, it looks like different things. One of the, I mean, as you know, one of the biggest things we do is Young Life Camping, which happens every summer. And Will was actually, we were talking about this earlier, Will was actually at one of the camps this summer. And um, I got this amazing privilege to be able to talk uh, to groups of kids as they came through probably a couple thousand over the summer. Um, and just tell them the the story of Jesus, the story of hope. Um, and I got to do that sort of, we do a, a talk series that sort of is, you know, seven seven talks. And I got to repeat that over four weeks. And then someone else will come and do that after me and someone after me. And so I got this incredible chance to be able to tell kids that uh, many of whom have never heard it, the good news about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We were at camp as well. My wife, Susan, <laughs> and I, even my younger son, Charlie, was at camp this summer, and we had an amazing week. As a matter of fact, I've been a Young Life leader for many years. I've been part of Young Life as a volunteer, which is really a ministry driven by volunteers. I think there's about 1,200 volunteers in the state of Arizona. Yeah. Um, And just like a little bit of bigger picture of Young Life, if you don't know about it, is Young Life's in over 100 countries now. Right. Um, It's just expanding like crazy across the world, right? I mean, there's 33 Young Life camps I think around the U.S. in some yeah. capacity. And Young Life does camping, I think, like no other. We've gone to camp so many times. So I got to tell you, this summer was one of the best ever at Lost Canyon Ranch. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just tell us, like, what went on in the month that you were the camp speaker for four different weeks of right. kids? I think three of them were high school kids camps and one was a wildlife, which was That's junior right. high age. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that and your experience and like anything that just stuck out about that. Gosh, I mean, I just get so full. I feel like I could take up the entire hour just talking about this this stuff. But I mean, camp is created so that we can pull kids out of their traditional situation in a healthy way. In other words, just take away distractions. So take away cell phones and social media. Take away their ordinary peer group. Take away um, the rote, the thing that they do every day. And we take them to this incredible property that the Lord has clearly just been super generous with us. We have these amazing properties set up. And then um, we, we, you know, Young Life is a mission that goes after furthest out kids um, 
all the way to the further start kid. In other words, there are a lot of kids there that have never heard about Jesus or don't know or their opinion of Jesus or the idea that they have of Jesus is just totally warped. And when we get them to camp, we get to tell them the story of Jesus. The whole property is set up uh, to proclaim Jesus. The way we serve them is in a dining hall, family style, where they're served and we're at a table that's round so kids get to interact like a family and talk to each other. Uh, Young Life is extremely relational ministry, as you know, like that's part of the reason why we love it because Jesus was so relational. And so uh, we get to be uh, the body of Christ up on these camps. Um, And in everything we do, we take them out of their comfort zone a lot. Like we have a ropes course where they get freaked out and scared and we have adventure. Young Life is big on adventure and laughing and fun. Um, And so we we not just get to, I get to verbally proclaim the gospel, you know, at nighttime, but they're hearing it in so many different ways. We have a program team that makes them laugh and everything is intentional about camp. So the laughter is not just so we can have a laugh it's to break down walls uh, the kids have created to protect themselves from the world we just we really just want to get them in this sweet spot where we can say gosh there is this incredible savior who wants to be in a relationship with you um, and let me tell you about him and and pretty much camp is about fun laughter but then primarily about showing in all these different ways there is a god who loves you who made you who wants to be in a relationship with you uh, and you get a chance to respond to him um, the other big thing is that young life kids come with their young life leaders those volunteers that you were talking about a lot of them are volunteers um, so we don't just you know tell them the gospel and then say and bless you off you go figure it out they go home with the same young life leaders they came with which means discipleship is strong and it, and it happens the young life leaders meet with them the day after camp so that they can help teach them and walk them through well what is this relationship with jesus look like how does it act out in my life so i, mean, I could talk about it for a long time big fan yeah. obviously but yeah, was there anything that in the month of June when you were there where you just go, wow, God, this was like a, one of those God moments oh, yeah. that you just said, oh, uh, like he just showed his glory in such a totally. crazy way. Totally. I mean, it happens like there's, you know, I, I tell a lot of personal stuff when I'm when I'm speaking. I, I talk a lot about what Jesus means, has meant to me in my life. And my dad has cancer and my dad is in South Africa. My dad has cancer. And so some of my story is, you know, sharing about my dad who has cancer. And uh, one day I went and sat, lay down at the pool and this sweet girl who I'd never met was sitting right next to me. And she just leaned over and she went, oh, hello, Leanne. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And she was like, you have no idea. I, I've been trying to talk to you for four days and I just haven't had the, you know, I haven't had the guts to be able to come up to you. And then you're here and you came and sat down right next to me. And I go, yeah. And she just starts telling me, my dad has cancer. I lost my mom to cancer three years ago. Tell me what that's been like for you. How does God allow suffering? You know, just really like adolescents do wrestle with the really big, important questions in life. And I got this sweet, you know, space for an hour by the pool in a bathing suit to talk to this kid about, yeah. you know, her dad and, and what, is it, what does it look like for me? You know, just there's, it keeps happening. You know, I went zip lining with a kid, looks like the happiest kid ever walking up the stairs to the zip line. He just starts telling me about his family and rough. He'd just been at a, his uncle's funeral the week before and then just saying, okay, talk to me about Jesus and suffering. You know, whatever the big questions are, they come out at camp um, and lots of, we had some really rough kids um, from a really rough neighborhood that came in. Uh, they heard the good news about Jesus, but they were rough kids. And we found out a week after we got back from camp that one of those kids was shot in gang violence in his town, you know, and then knowing 
but that kid heard the good news about Jesus and Jesus is sovereign and good, you know, and, and I really believe that God had a little plan for that kid, you know, the kid made it um, out of surgery and stuff. But I mean, story after story where you go, they, for a week, they just got to sit and hear how much mm-hmm. they loved. Pretty sweet. It is really awesome. Uh, one of the things that you'll hear in Young Life, if you're around um, just a little bit of time, is the the phrase "earning the right to be heard." Right. Uh, earning the right to be heard is something that started back um, at the beginning of Young Life, and it was that hey, the way to connect with kids is to go where they are. That's right. And to build friendships. Right. You build friendships with teenagers, with adolescents, right. and and you earn the right to be heard, which right. is once they come to this place that they say, wow, uh, Leanne, um, I know you really care about me. And it's the old adage is no one cares about um, what you have to say until they right. know how much you care about them. Right. And And once a kid goes, whoa, you're not just a fly by night, you're not just in and out but you really care about what's going on in my life, they right. start to open up, right. start to open up about their lives. They sit right. by the pool and they say, hey, I've, I'd like to talk about my experience with cancer right. or what's going on in my life at home or with right. kids or this is my background and all of those kind of things, right? right? Which is so, that's the relational part. And even in the word koinonia, the show, which means community, right. Right. which is that we were made for community. Yeah. And Leanne, I think you're such a, what you're hitting on is so essential in our culture today, especially the culture of Instagram, of Twitter, of Facebook, um, of all the text messaging goes on is, is how does community, authentic community really get built in a day where I can say so many things via text that I would never say in your face. Well, kids say, I spoke to this person yesterday and I'm like, like spoke or like texted and they're like. Well, same thing. And I'm like, no, not the same thing. (laughs) Text is text. Speaking is like voice, like you speak, you know? Yeah. It's a whole different thing. Right. And so one of the things you said is as kids' electronics are taken away at the beginning of a camp, not as punishment, but as freedom. Right. And and I can tell a voice from my own kids' (laughs) perspective is they didn't miss it one bit. Because the engagement, the fun, the laughter, the community, the way out stuff that goes on, plus the incredible facilities... Um, that are at Lost Canyon Ranch in this particular place in Williams, Arizona, are so beyond what they imagine. So, hey, we'll be right back. Uh, This is Lance Rahoff filling in for Tom Brown. Well, welcome back. This is Lance Rahoff. I'm filling in for Tom Brown, and Tom has probably found a few Pikachus out there right now, but we miss Tom. Tom, I just got to say one thing about Tom Brown. He's never met a stranger. He's one of the greatest guys that I know. I've gotten to know him over the last um, 10 to 15 years and just really love the man, and so we miss him today. But I'm so thankful that we have Leanne Allman with us, who is a regional trainer for Young Life. She focuses on raising up women in ministry. That's kind of one of her focuses. She also um, just got back from camp being up at Lost Canyon Ranch in Williams, Arizona. It's one of uh, 33 Young Life camps. Uh, These camps are like five-star resorts. They're just amazing kids and adults as well. And by the way, camp is not just for kids. Uh, Kids go like anywhere from 400 to 500 kids a week for 12 weeks over the summer. So we're looking at around 5,000 kids will come through one 
camp this summer up at Lost Canyon Ranch in Williams. But each week we have adult guests that can come and see what camp is like. It's one of the things that Susan and I, my wife and I, are loving getting to be a part of now is to take adults up to camp and you get to see this. And and we can talk about it all day long. But until you get up there and get to experience it, you will not have a clue of what it's really like. So um, so that's something. If you're ever interested in that or more information, definitely um, contact me at Young Life and Arizona Young Life, and we will get you connected. I'm going to back up for just a minute, Leanne. So, Leanne, we heard about you're at camp this summer and all this, but camps during the summer, and that's one week out of a kid's life, and we always promote it as best week of your life or your money back, and we've never given any money back because <laughs> it's always the best week of their life. And and that means a lot of different things to kids. But the thing is, is throughout the whole year, there's a buildup to that camp. That's right. Um, there, uh, young Life is very intentional. Um, but there is a term also that we use is called controlled chaos, which right. is if a kid comes to a Young Life club, which typically a Young Life club is going to be on a Monday night or right. one day of the week, um, it's going to be um, wild. It's right. going to be crazy. Uh, what's a kid going to experience? And there's Young Life clubs all over the state in different high schools right. all over. It's not in every high school. We're working on every high school. Right. Uh, we're working on every junior high even eventually, but right now it is all over. But what's a kid going to experience when they show up on a Monday night? Uh, controlled chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Monday night clubs are the first entry point, really. It's the kind of place where a kid who's in school could say to their friend, you know, during class, hey, come with me to this Young Life thing. And we always joke about this when someone says, what is Young Life? We don't even try and explain it. We just say, come and see. You got to come and see, right? So uh, it's usually, I mean, the, the format is kind of crazy music, crazy skits. There'll be some funny stuff. Uh, a lot of people meeting each other, hanging around, building relationships, really. Um, and then for the last sort of 15 minutes, uh, a young life leader will get up and talk about Jesus in a way. I, I do want to say this. This is so important. Kid, I think we... I think we underestimate kids when we think they can't sniff out uh, when someone's being authentic and when they're not being authentic. And so one of the most important things that goes along, you know, hand in hand with sharing your life is this authenticity. Teenagers know when adults are scamming them, when they're trying to sell them something. We're not trying to sell them on anything. We're just authentically saying, this is my life. This is what has happened in my life. Let me tell you about this Jesus person in an authentic way that you can understand it. And that's what they're going to get on a Monday night. Yeah, that's and you're exactly right. I mean, my kids are the same way. We're even talking during the break, right. uh, where we'll we'll point out there's the there's an honesty level there right. with that you you can't get away with anything, right? And right. Uh, which is good um, because this in this new generation, this millennial generation wants that authenticity, right. Right? right? There's and there's a passion built into that that the Lord wants to use yeah. to motivate and raise up. Now, yeah. okay, so that's on a Monday night, but here's what happens. So you have these intentional talks that kind of lead kids to this, who is Jesus, right? right? right. Um, and and then you um, build up camp. You have a, right. a winter camp that's right. for a weekend. That's right. Uh, and then you go to summer camp. And, and, of course, the nice thing about camps are is because you have this set time where you get to go through the whole gospel and everyone gets an opportunity to respond to, to the call of Jesus on right. their life, right? Um, yeah. So w just real quick, when you get to a summer camp, you have 
four to 500 kids a week for mm-hmm. 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, you know, there's some Christian kids, clearly kids that already right. know Jesus that are right. there. Then there's kids that don't, right. um, that they just are like, yep. Um, and some are, haven't even been to Young Life Club during the year, but a friend said, hey, you want to go to camp with me? Yeah. And yeah, I'm they jumping on the bus, bus and right. going. Um, so like out of those numbers, like how many kids are coming to know the Lord at camp during the summer? Actually, there's a lot of kids that meet Jesus at Young Life Camp. Uh, it's usually between 60 and 100 a week at Lost Canyon. I'm sure it's similar to other properties. So when you add that up over the course of 12 weeks, it's a lot of kids um, starting a relationship with Jesus. Now, obviously, there's going to be drop off from that number. But here's, here's what I feel real passionate about is we're not trying to emotionally manipulate kids into saying yes to Jesus. The call at the end of the week is not like you know, soft music and angels in the background yeah, right. and like hops playing and like now you need to, you know, say yes because I've emotionally manipulated you for the whole week. I'm trying to be as honest um, and authentic all the way through as I can and saying, listen, this is just true. This, you know, this God made you, knows you, knows your name, knows your future, knows your past. There is nothing you can do to earn your way into this relationship. He literally just wants to know you and wants you to turn around and start having a conversation with him. So there will be some fall off, I'm sure, from those numbers. But, you know, the beautiful thing about it is that we don't just release them into nothing, is that they arrive with young life leaders, they leave with young life leaders who are invested in their lives, who've earned the right to be heard over the course of the year, a lot of the time, you know, and who are saying, man, I want to walk with you in this. I want to help you understand what this actually means in your life on a practical day-to-day basis. So, uh, yeah, a lot of kids, a Mm -hmm. lot of kids. Well, okay, so that brings um, something else that that happens during the week. Right. So you have Young Life Club, but then there's this other thing called campaigners. Right. And tell us about that. Well, campaigners is like the you know the churchy word that I grew up with would have been Bible study. You know, uh, campaigners is 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 taking kids who've expressed an interest in starting a relationship with Jesus and and taking it one level deeper. Okay, let's really get into some scripture. Let's open up the word of God and see what he says about uh, how to live and just the basic practical steps of what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus in your everyday life. What does that look for you like for you in your high school and with your friends? Uh, so campaigners is kind of taking it one level deeper. Um, and that's the idea is, you know, we also have really strong church partners who uh, partner alongside the mission of Young Life, our goal is to, you know, transition kids who have never been to church into church. You know, we're called a parachurch organization for that purpose, I think, is we help get kids in the door. We have uh, the ability to be able to go to where kids are. We don't have a building, you know. So we have a a couple of ways. We have really strong uh, church ties, and our goal is, you know, fully grown, mature believers, not just, hey, put your name in the book, stamp it, close it, and we're done. Yeah. I think that's really important. You actually just hit on something that's been a passion of mine from the beginning. Like Young Life, I grew up in Lubbock, Texas, and Young Life came my sophomore year in high school. And uh, I remember when Young Life came, I was part of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I loved it. It was big at our high school. Young Life came in and kids were like, whoa, like this new Young Life thing is super fun, exciting and all this stuff. And I was super skeptical uh, because I was like, "Ah, it's kind of a watered down gospel kind of perception. Because, hey, in FCA, we're talking about scripture and Jesus. That's right. We got like (laughs) athletes that come in and tell us about scriptures. And and it was awesome. And it was great. And I love Fellowship of Christian Athletes athletes. And then Young Life had this different perspective I didn't really understand. Right. Uh, thankfully, the area director before I graduated high school took me aside and he said, Lance, he goes, you don't really like Young Life, do you? And I said, listen, here's the issue I have with it. And I voiced all my concerns. Right. He says, okay, you've grown up in the church. 
you've grown up in a whole different world. He goes, we're looking at kids who aren't ever going to be probably just coming in the doors of a church. Right. Um, They go, the idea of fun, the idea of connecting, the idea of, hey, we're going to have kind of goofy games. We're going to have, you know, great songs. We're going to have music. We're going to have stuff that's really relevant to their lives. Right. That's all just to bring kids into a comfort place to where they're open to hearing the message, you know, and I, and I'd missed it for so long. And then the campaigner aspect of the Bible study was like, oh, now this is where you go deep. It's like, this really works. But then you just hit on something. When I was a young life leader at the university of Texas in Austin, um, I was, I just so much go, where does the church get connected in this? Because Young Life's not the church. That's right. I mean, it's not meant to be. It's right. meant to be an outreach. It's not trying to be, yeah. It's meant to be an arm that brings them in. Right. And so when you said, oh, we have good partnerships and all that, can you tell a little bit more about, like, what that really does look like with the church and Young Life? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of these kids have never set foot in a church. You know, their parents have never taken them. They have no interest in going. But if you have, have built a relationship with a kid that has now met Jesus, that is hungry to understand what that means, um, that, you know, you say, come with me. We do the same thing. It's like we're in relationship. Come with me to church. We break, we bring them in the doors and go, okay, sit with me. I will sit with you. So you don't feel weird and uncomfortable next to these people that you've never met. We say, come on in, like sit with me. And then they get to watch. Okay. This is me worshiping. You know, this is me learning how to love Jesus better. This is learning about what Jesus wants for my life. And suddenly then it's not nearly as scary. The idea of church is even not that intimidating to a kid who's never set foot in a church before, you know? Yeah, totally. And so I really feel this is one of the things I just love so much about our new role um, along partnering with you right. in, in the region is, is that um, we also are are asking for more people to come in. Right. We're asking for more partners, for right. more people. If That's you right. feel moved on your heart, here's the thing. Uh, um, I always just struggled as a single guy in my twenties as young life leader. I, I wasn't going to be as funny as that guy. I wasn't going to be as good as speakers. That woman was, I wasn't going to be whatever I could, you know, and I always feel like that's just the enemy going like, you're not good enough right, to do this, right. you know? And, 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 and are high school kids even going to like me? Right. I it's mean, amazing how many adults are so completely terrified that high school kids are not going to like them. Yeah, and I was. And I remember one of my first experiences was actually we were going off campus and everybody was getting Suburbans to go. And all these kids jumped in this Suburban with me and we we're going to we we're going somewhere to a park or something like yeah. that. And so we had like 10 Suburbans. Kids are piling in. And this other really cool guy who was actually was one of my young life kids who's now like 22 years old, total stud. You know, kids just love him. He plays music, all this oh, yeah. stuff. He goes, hey, he goes, I'm taking my truck. Anybody want to go with me? Everyone and bailed. <laughs> all, every kid in the Suburban jumped out of the <laughs> Suburban. They didn't even close the doors. I had every door in the Suburban open sitting in the driveway. And I remember going, um, uh, Lord, is this really for me? Right. Like, this is brutal, right? Right. And, and I had a, and I heard a message from a preacher and right after that, he said, it's not your ability, but it's your availability, right? It's not your ability. It's your availability. Keep making yourself available. And what happened is the Lord turned all that around, not because I became the greatest young life leader in the world, but what I realized is what kids want is consistency and someone who's available, who really cares about them. And Leanne, you do such a great job of authenticity and showing that you care. And uh, when we come back, we're going to, we're going to finish out the next segment 
talking more about uh, Young Life, but I really want to get into Leanne's heart because um, she's been hired on with Young Life specifically. It's also something that's really dear to my heart is there are phenomenal women um, who are great leaders, who are wonderful speakers, who have gifts the same as men do. And um, she's so good at looking at those gifts and saying, we want to use those in the kingdom, just like the Lord wants to promote people into places where they're most effectively used. We're back. This is Lance Rahoff with Leanne Allman. I'm filling in for Tom Brown today. And we're with Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, Quanania, which means community. And um, Leanne, you love community. I think you foster community really well, uh, you and your husband, Nate, who, by the way, Nate, who's not only a phenomenal um, guy in general, great businessman, but also very talented musician, as you are, Leanne. You're talented. Thanks. Yeah. I'll what do you. It. Yeah, you sing and play. Do a little tinkling of the ivories. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I remember that. It's. Um, so, okay, uh, just back to the story. At the end of the last segment, I was just telling a story about how um, kids all jumped out of the Suburban uh, when I was yeah. a Young Life leader at Arcadia High School. And I forgive you all, by the way, if you're listening. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it was actually one of the best experiences that could have happened to me because I realized that it's not about my ability. It's not about my coolness, whatever. And I ended up being on the team for like 10 years awesome. um, as a volunteer. But it was the community of leaders. Yeah of the reason I really kept coming back from year to year. And the reason that is because they became family to me. Now, the kids were awesome, but you do that together with your volunteer leaders. And what I've noticed is is so many people, even Christian, solid Christian men and women, still many don't have a real authentic community that they go with. But but tell us a little bit about that, because go back to how you got involved in Young Life. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's kind of a random, weird story because, you know, I was on the other side of the world and I moved to the States to work for Young Life um, because I'd met some volunteer leaders. And it was really, I mean, this sounds so kind of exclusive and snooty in a way, but it was like I met the people working for Young Life and I was visiting from South Africa and I was like, how did they do this? How did they get this high quality people all working for this one organization? I was like, I just wanted to know more because I was like, this is incredible. It feels like these people could be doing anything and they're all stacked in one corner. What is it that these guys do? So I, I was intrigued and then landed up moving over here. And I've worked um, in a number of different capacities for Young Life. I've worked at a property on property staff. And then I've been, this is what, what leads me into the women conversation always is, uh, you know, as, as a mom, I've got two little girls. I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Um, I've gone through these different life stages. And like you talked about, your availability is what counts. You know, I've been um, somewhat available and then very available. I've been single and then married, one kid, two kids. And, and sort of my career, if you want to call it that, with Young Life has changed and flexed um, based on where what stage of life I am in. Um, and people, you know, especially women, have to sometimes flex a little bit more uh, because you're, you know, you have kids or you have a change, your husband moves or you're single or then you're married. And uh, I mean, it's been an incredible way to experience doing ministry in all these different phases of my life. So I feel like that's been a huge blessing for me. Right. Yeah. And originally, did you get involved with College Young Life? Yeah. So Young Life actually 
actually operates not just in high school. It operates um, in junior high, which we call wildlife, which um, is where Will was at this summer. And then we have high school, which we call young life. We also have college ministry called Young Life College. Uh, and then we have branch ministries. You have Capernaum, which is um, ministry to kids with special needs. We have Young Lives Ministry, which is to teen moms. Uh, we have Amicus Ministry, which is international students that are hosted here by American families. Uh, so we've really stretched out into all these different genres. But I actually started on staff with college. So I was at um, Arizona State University um, leading college Young Life. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I uh, that's how I started here in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. So my own personal experience, uh, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church in Lubbock, Texas. Great church, great community people. I think there were about 500 people in the church. Um, we were probably a little different than most Baptist churches in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up in that in that we actually had a woman pastor associate pastor uh, at a Baptist church. I think we may have been kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm not sure about that for sure, but I remember hearing things like that. I mean, we'd have dances at our church and things like Whoa, that. Oh, sinful. Uh, yeah, we were um, so, uh, but it was such a good community of people. We really liked it. And, and what I've learned over the years is that, wow, we get kind of stuck in a lot of our... Um, um, a lot of our culture of what we're brought up in, and we go, well, that's just the way it is because that's the way it's always been and yeah, so forth, right? That's right. Um, one of the things I've learned in ministry, especially in the church ministry um, over the last 10 years, is that um, men, and women part- uh, men and women partnering together does bring the fullness of the kingdom in a bigger picture of the kingdom, yeah. what it looks like. And I think that for me personally, um, I started to realize, I was like, wow, I go, when I'm really partnering with a woman and she's operating her gifts and her gifts can be speaking, her gifts could right. be leading this group or that group. Um, but when we're partnering and she's operating in her gifts, I'm operating in my gifts. I go, wow, is there effectiveness um, in how we're connecting, you know? And um, I remember just even in prayer times, you know, and there's clearly times where guys need to meet with guys, women's need right. to meet with girls and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, there's right. personal things going on sure. there. That's important to have that. There's clearly times where guys need to get together yeah, and women need to get together. Yeah. And you talk about guy stuff or yeah. you talk about women's stuff, you know, right. there's those times, but then there's just the body of Christ right. operating together. And so when you talk about raising up like a young woman and, and, you know, this is what I would say is that some that might say, well, you know, women have these roles and men have these roles, whether yeah. it's in the church and the body. Uh, it gets really touchy sometimes, right? It does. But you know what I've noticed is some um, men or even women that feel that way, um, when it comes to their own daughters, they don't seem to feel the same way about their own daughters. Funny thing, that It is interesting because it's more of like, well, they, everybody wants their own daughter to operate fully in their gifts, right. whatever that is. That's and right. you really want to promote them, too, because they're your daughter. Right. Well, ultimately, we're sons and daughters of the father, the high, the high priest, the king of kings, right? right? And he wants to see us promoted into our fullness right. of whatever that calling is. Right. How, do you, how do you address that subject? And don't even be shy, Leanne. I mean, like, how do you address <laughs> that subject? Because I know you're passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, I am. I am. And, I mean, I'm a preacher's kid, you know? I, I, I have this incredible mom and dad who have functioned as partners for most of my life. Now I also grew up in the church and in a church tradition where women were not allowed to be elders, where women were not allowed to be preachers or pastors of churches. That's how I grew up. So that's what was modeled for me. And I've watched how my dad and my mom have functioned and even how their theology has shifted over the years with great respect for both of them have watched how they've gone. No, hold on a minute. This isn't right, you know, and have shifted. I certainly have shifted from that 
point. Um, and and now, I mean, I, I'll say this. This is just in my own personal experience. Women uh, who are called into leadership tend to be more reticent to do it. I mean, I, the classic example that's always funny to me and is a little bit sexist, I'm going to say this up front. You know, you have a guy who graduates and he wants to do something and he's like, I got it. You know, I got it. And you're like, no, you don't. And he's like, yeah, I do. You know, and then you're like, ah, maybe you do. And you have women coming out ready to go that are like, oh, I could never do that. And you have to say, yeah, you can. And they're like, well, I don't know if I can. It's like, yeah, you can. You know, traditionally, that's what seems to happen is guys seem like there's overconfidence sometimes and then the women come up and are underconfident. And, and all, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do is go, you don't have to undersell. You don't have to be underconfident. You can step into what God has gifted you to do, whatever that is. You know, if it's speaking and leading, then go ahead and go do that, you know. And I do feel passionately about it because, like you said, when you see men and women partnering together in their gift sets and, and doing what God has made them to do, it's just this full beautiful picture I think of what of what it's supposed to be like so for me personally what it actually took was I had to see some of it modeled you know I'd always gone oh my gosh a woman preacher that's the most bizarre whoa that'd be weird until I saw a woman preach and then I was like oh wait this is not weird at all I'm, I, this is amazing you know so sometimes to crash the walls down it's just you have to see it so a lot of the times you know I'll speak at camp and I'll have so many girls come up to me and go we didn't know women could speak. We've just never seen it before, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm forgetting that some of these girls, and I'll always have a cabinet of guys. The guy leader will come and say, man, my guy saw there was a chick up there, and they were like, meh, no, not listening to her. And usually by the second night, they're like, hey, Leanne, come hang out with us at our cabin time, you know? Again, because all you're doing is doing what you were made to do, you know? And you're, you're just being obedient to what God called you to do. I mean, I could pretend that I'm shy and I'm not opinionated. And first of all my marriage would suck because Nate would be like what is that like you know that's just not who I am that's not who God created me to be so I think there's this freedom and this passion that comes out when you get to be alive into what God has called you to do he he made me fairly opinionated I realize I got to keep that under control but he also <laughs> you know he made me to talk and communicate I could pretend to be shy and like I have nothing to say and I'd be miserable for the rest of my life and I feel like at the end of the day the Lord would go what were you doing I didn't make you to do that i made you to talk so go ahead and talk and so a lot of the my job that i love is getting to call that out especially in women and go by the way did you know you kill it at that i think you were made to do that you should really start thinking more seriously about whether god's called you to do that and then watching as they kind of step into that role and really start to become fully alive sorry see here i go i can talk about yeah. this for a long time yeah well i think that there's um there's a fallacy that exists and this has been my own personal experience it is i was actually in a conversation one time with um, with a pastor uh, who who was talking, and he and his wife were talking to Susan and I, and and, and totally great guy. I mean, great pastor, yeah. loves uh, and he loves raising up men. And I, just so you know, I'm very pro raising up men in leadership. Right. Right. I'm also very pro raising up women in leadership, but it, but not all men are called to lead in certain ways or be That's on right. an elder board. Not uh, clearly. Um, and uh, and but at the same time, not all women are right. right. But I think that's what it is. Is fun, is going like, what are you gifted at? Right. Yeah. And so we were talking and, and I mentioned um, at, at Living Streams Arcadia, we've had women preach. Yeah. Right. Um, our associate pastor was a woman. Yeah. Who, she killed it. Yeah. Who's amazing. Yeah. And um, 
Um, and so I got to experience firsthand in, in one of the conversations he, he said uh, to my wife and I was, um, you know, if you allow women to preach or if you allow women to start to take that kind of role, they'll take over the church. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. scary, scary and, women. And, and uh, but, but, but you know that was a bold statement. And it's funny. Right before Susan was going to respond, we were actually at a party <laughs> at a reception. The server. It was a really nice party. The server was walking around with all these real glasses, not plastic glasses. Uh-huh trips and the whole tray of glasses fall right at our feet and shatter mm-hmm. right at the moment and Susan's like save See? saved by <laughs> the shatter saved. because she was so ready to speak into that right. but here's the thing is that I think it's a fallacy because I think that that there is um there is this perception that still exists out there is that if we give some of that leeway, if we give a little bit of that rope, it's going to Take turn into all. this big thing and, right. and, and that men will not be able to step up and lead. And here's yeah. our personal experience yeah. is that the men in our church stepped up yeah. more and they were so excited that their wives were getting opportunities to serve in their gifts. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I love it that you do you feel here. I'm just going to ask you this, not yeah. that you would, you know, but um, is there anything more that you're that's just a passion on your heart to come in young life and um, things that you want to see happen? Yeah, I mean, I think for anyone who's listening, you say, I, I kind of love what you I resonated with what you said. Hey, I'm not I can't do this. I'm, I mean, it's it, we need to be bold now and courageous. It's not the time to sit back and be scared about everything. Right. There are kids out there who are experiencing craziness every day and haven't heard the yeah. good news about Jesus. So get off your butt and say, I'm here. Like, I don't know what I can do, but I'm here and I want in. We will find you if you get hold of us. We will find you. We will find a place for you to plug yeah. in. Kids are desperate for real, authentic people who will love them and tell them about Jesus yeah. everywhere. Yeah, no, that's really good, Leanne. Hey, we're going to be right back to close out the segment in a minute. And we will uh, give some information on how to get hold of us if you'd like to be a part of Young Life. Hey, everyone, this is Lance Raha filling in for Tom Brown. Uh, I'm with Leanne Allman, who's with Young Life. She's with the regional staff with Young Life. Uh, Leanne, it's been such a pleasure and a great time talking with you today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and your accent just makes you sound extra <laughs> smart all the time. Which I'm not, just yeah. for the record. What is, just, uh, uh, what is, what do most people think, or where do most people think you're from when they first hear your accent? Oh, gosh, Australia usually yeah, but, yeah, that's Australia, what I would have thought. England, and then it goes bizarre, but never South Africa. No, no. South Africa is kind of down on the list. Right. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, it's been such a good time talking about Young Life. Uh, for anyone that's been listening out today and wants to get involved with Young Life, um, just so you know, um, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, it doesn't matter because Young Life has a place all all across that board, that spectrum. Uh, we have Young Life committees that are adults who um, each area, each area, like, for instance, Scottsdale's an area and Peoria's an area and Tempe's an area, and you have all these different areas uh, around the state, uh, one that's close to you. If you'd like to be part of a group of adults who come and support the leaders that connect with the kids and come and pray for them and and just encourage them and and part of community, that could be for you as well. If you're if you want to get connected with a Young Life Club, just come and see what it's like. Uh, get in contact with us, and you can just Google search Arizona Young Life, and it'll come up. So go to Google, search Arizona Young Life. You can get the information. You can contact us. And we'd love to connect with you. Um, I can just personally tell you that it's a testimony of my life, and I'm sure Leanne would feel the same, is that um, I found family in it. I found community. But really, uh, most importantly, the Lord revealed to himself his grace and his joy and his glory and and fun and challenges and all the stuff that makes up our life. 
that also when Jesus said in John 10, 10, that he came to give us life to the full, um, that's a supernatural life. That's a life beyond what we can experience in our, without Jesus. And, and I can tell you, there's so many great churches. And I said, get involved in your churches around the valley. I'm, I'm a big proponent of the local churches. Um, but also then there's these parachurch organizations that reach out to kids. And, and if, if the Lord's stirring on your heart right now, like if you've been listening today and, the, and you just like, man, that sounds kind of interesting, then, then heed that prompting and just reach out and, and, and check it out a little bit more because uh, the Lord may be doing something. And that's what I did. Even though I had a, an, a kind of a negative attitude at first back in high school about it, I came to realize that the Lord had called me into this and it's been this lifelong journey and it's the journey's really with Jesus. Thank you again, Leanne. Thank you.